Welcome to the BioCurious Podcast, a place for you to be curious about your biology and discover new ways to upgrade and optimize your mind, body, and human performance. The guests on this podcast are trained experts in the fields of functional health, holistic wellness, and biohacking who share my passion to provide useful and actionable information with all of you that I hope will help you to live your best life. I'm so happy that you're here, and I'm excited to get curious together. So before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to share a couple of really cool projects that I'm a part of that I'm really excited about, and I think all of you would also be excited to hear about. The first is the Women's Biohacking Collective, which is my personal passion project and is the first exclusive holistic and evidence-based women's biohacking community founded by four women in STEM and is the only magazine-style co-op and community for women-centered holistic biohacking content. So I hope all of my awesome biohacking lady friends check it out and join us there. The Instagram page is WB underscore collective and on the web it's thewbcollective.com. The other one is actually an opportunity to hang out with me for two weeks in Iceland for a fully immersive two-week biohacking experience with Live Beyond Global, which is actually directly following the Health Optimization Summit in London in September. I'll be there alongside other biohacking experts and a select group of super high-performance humans to recharge, do deep work, experience the healing power of nature, and apply targeted biohacks with the best of the best. And it would be super cool if you joined us too, but there's only a few slots left for this trip, so you'll need to hop on that ASAP. You can go to livebeyond.global to apply. Today we are taking it way back, all the way back to our ancestral roots, in fact, to talk about primal hacking with Thaddeus Owen, who is also well-known in the biohacking world as the primal hacker. Since childhood, Thaddeus has been an outdoor enthusiast, loving to fish and camp, and as an adult, he spent a decade developing pharmaceutical products, but hated the idea of putting toxic chemicals into medicines. So he pivoted and engineered a successful work-from-home assignment, applying Tim Ferriss's four-hour work week to incorporate more movement, nature, and sunshine into his work environment. With a master's degree in holistic nutrition and a deep understanding of the healing power of nature, Thaddeus was able to heal his anxiety, lower his blood pressure, and fix sleeplessness using biohacking, primal hacking, and qigong. Now he spends his free time experimenting on himself in the hopes of helping others on their journey, as a certified performance health coach from the first ever class of what actually used to be called Bulletproof Coaching. On this episode, we discuss how to live an above average life, the balance between nature and technology, leaning into our biological design, important things to know before diving into biohacking, how biohacking can actually stress us out, how the modern world weakens our biology and our minds, and what we can do about it, 
The truth about mind over matter, is it mind or is it matter? The silent killers lurking in your home, the warning you probably ignored in your smartphone, how electromagnetic fields affect our biology, both, both positively and negatively, easy ways to mitigate EMF radiation, nature's vaccine for cancer, the basics of circadian biology, and the very special window of sunlight that can give you superhuman powers, but that you probably aren't taking advantage of. Thaddeus, thank you so much for coming on the BioCurious podcast. I'm so excited that you agreed to come on and share your wisdom about primal living with, um, with all of my listeners. And so before we get into that discussion, could you tell us a little bit more about your background and how you got into this field to begin with? Yeah, absolutely. Kayla, thanks for having me. It's great to be here and always a fun time to talk about experiences we all have in the, the niche of biohacking. So, you know, my path was maybe earlier than many people, but not everyone. So I got turned on to biohacking almost 11 years ago now. And I came through a, a very corporate route where I worked in corporate jobs in beauty care and pharmaceuticals. And at one point in my career, about 12 and a half years ago, I was standing at the top of this 10,000 gallon batch of pink uh, product, which was actually like Pepto-Bismol and uh, pouring this chemical into it that was a carcinogen and it was had lead in it. And then I, from there, went to make a 5,000 gallon batch of children's product. And again, pouring a carcinogen into the children's pharmaceutical product. And I just that was kind of the straw that broke my back in terms of beauty care and pharmaceuticals. And I decided I would never work in that industry again. And that basically propelled me to get a master's degree in holistic nutrition. And through that, I started doing deeper and deeper dives into alternative ways of keeping our bodies healthy rather than pharmaceuticals and listening to our, you know, average family medical doctors. Not that there's anything wrong with a lot of their advice, but there are alternatives that are completely not considered by modern medicine that are very effective. So it led me down this path that, hey, there's these alternatives. I heard about this concept called biohacking and started getting turned on to like uh, Dave Asprey and Ben Greenfield in their early, early podcasts. And I had this unique work from home assignment that I engineered for myself. So one of the things I wanted to do is get out of corporate culture, get out in the sun more, be able to, to basically design my day. And I figured the only way I could do that was to work from home. So I was able to work from home. And for the first five years of working from home, I literally had a very low mentally stressful job. So I, I basically was doing very little mental work. And so I could have podcasts on for five years while I worked. And it was just a phenomenal way to grow and absorb a ton of information. So that's what I did is I listened to every YouTube video and podcast I could find on biohacking about 10 or 11 years ago. And that's kind of what sparked me into absorbing all this alternative information and finally trying a lot of it out on myself. I think that is a similar path for many of us biohackers, especially the original ones. Uh, like you, I also got into biohacking about 10 years ago now. 
way before I knew what it was called, but the, I actually got into running um, when I started college and through the running community, I learned about the paleo diet and I realized that you could completely transform your energy and how you feel and your health and you could even look better and just sleep better and show up better in life if you just change the things that you're eating as far as removing toxic things from your diet. Um, and from there, I just started kind of going down the rabbit hole of what else can I do to feel amazing because that was the turning point where I realized all the all before that that I was kind of in a in a daze and didn't even realize it. I think that's pretty consistent with almost every person I talk to, whether they're in biohacking or not. There's so many people that they say that they feel fine and they have no problems, but if you actually get them to make some changes and they start feeling amazing, they're like, oh my gosh, I thought I felt fine before, but I was like <laughs> tired and I would fall asleep after lunch and I had these aches and pains. And now like I understand what it feels to actually show up, be present and feel really good in my body. And that's one of the coolest things. Like everyone thinks they're okay, but if you can do a, you know, just these few little tweaks and oftentimes it's either diet or movement, it, it propels them to say like, oh my gosh, like what else am I missing and what's next? Absolutely. It's amazing what you can do with just changing your lifestyle. And I love that lifestyle medicine is coming to the forefront of general practice medicine now. Um, it's really starting to be considered and included in a lot of these even policy level um, healthcare practices. So it's a really exciting time to be in this field. And I just love that it kind of seems like um, that, that collective consciousness is really turning on. Yes. I mean, it's, it's definitely a different world than it was 10 years ago and, and I'm yeah. thankful for it. So, so much to look forward to. And I think, you know, when I, when I went into this, I was not feeling great. And that's where most people start looking for a way out. It's the people that think they feel okay that they're just like, no, I feel fine. I'm not going to try anything. Um, when they know they could actually feel so much better because, you know, most medicine of the past was designed for kind of average results. Like, are you within the baseline average for these blood tests? Are you within the baseline average for blood pressure? Are you within the average for XYZ? When you don't really want to be the average, you want to be more optimal. We call that like being optimal. So how do we optimize our biology and actually live the fullest life and the, the best life we can rather than just an average life? And when people think about it that way, then you know gears start to turn and things start to change and and we see like how great could we feel or you know how how little exercise do we need to look exactly the way we want and feel really good without damaging our bodies by doing too much exercise yeah exactly and it, it's hard to find that balance um especially for me i'm an endurance athlete and so because I love that and it's part of my life, I kind of accept the risks that are involved in that. But I also understand like during the times when I'm not training, I take a much more minimalistic approach to, to that. And I, I kind of um, try to follow more of a, of a primal living situation. Uh, so can you tell our listeners a little bit more about like what is primal living and kind of what are the concepts that it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, one important thing to understand is 
you know, the company that I ended up founding called Primal Hacker, like we um, started out the same way as everyone else, like you did years ago, just learning and trying to figure things out and, and went down, I went deep down trying to solve my own like social anxiety. Like I had horrible, horrible anxiety, which led to high blood pressure and other things. And I was trying to solve that. And so I went down the route of like, what supplements, if I don't want to be on medication, what supplements do I take? And it was like, what's the magic pill? And that's where most people go down first, down that road of just give me a pill to fix whatever my problem is. Give me like some silver bullet and then I'll be good. And what we want people to understand is our biology is tuned into the life cycle, the yearly cycle, the daily cycle of our planet. Whether we were designed by God or by nature, we are intimately tuned into these natural cycles. And it's when we avoid exposing ourselves to the natural primal cycles of our planet that we begin to develop, you know, dis-ease or disease. And then we start looking for how do we solve the symptoms of these diseases when we really never look at the source. And so what primal living was an attempt to do was to look at what are we designed to do from a biological standpoint on this earth so that we can use those primal cues from the sun, from the earth, from the earth's magnetic field to the light cycles to tune our biology to, to feel optimal and to reduce all incidents of disease. So that was originally what the primal lifestyle was intended to do is like, let's live kind of like our ancestors, the cavemen used to live like, and we'll all be healthy, right? Because we were obviously designed to live more in that way. We had millions of years or whatever to create the, the way of life. And we've had very little time to adapt to a modern indoor lifestyle. The problem is, even in today's world, if you live like the most primal life possible, you are not going to be optimally healthy. And that's because like, just look outside, there's cell phone towers and microwave radiation in the air at a, a rate of 10 quadrillion, like 10 with 18 zeros, I guess that's 10 quintillion, 10 quintillion times more microwave radiation coursing through your body. There's pollution in the air. The water isn't the same as it used to be. The soil has, you know, glyphosate from Roundup, or it's devoid of most of the nutrients that it used to have. So even if you live as primally as you possibly could, you probably still need to add some sort of technological or modern, what we call biohacks into your routine but all of those things are trying to mimic what would have been an ancestral or primal environment. I totally agree that we need to find balance between going back to our natural cycles and getting in tune with nature um, at the best that we can. Like you said, it's not going to be perfect because there's things outside of our control that prohibit us from being able to do that fully. But also using the benefits of modern technology that we have at our disposal to help to optimize our health. I'm definitely a proponent of medical advancements and technology for treatment of diseases and prevention of diseases and also to allow humans to reach uh, you know, another level of performance. I think that that stuff is exciting but I think that that is the second step or maybe like the 50th step down the road that you should take because there are so many things that you could do that are natural and free and completely within your control, within your just changing your environment or your behaviors that will have so much more a profound effect 
on your health and wellness before going down the rabbit hole of buying all this technology. Yeah, that's, that's really important, I think, for most people to understand. You know, when we polled people a few years ago about what's the, the most important thing you wish you knew before you got into biohacking, it's like, we got a lot of responses that said, I wish I would have known how expensive it was going to be. And so <laughs> we've, you know, I've kind of taken it as a personal vendetta to say, how do we teach people that it doesn't have to be expensive. Like, yes, there's a ton of expensive toys and some of those toys may be necessary. And some of those tools might help you become more optimal than you could be without them. However, as you totally just said, the first step to take is optimizing your environment and your, and I, I look at that as your internal and external environment. So your internal emotional states and then the external environment that affects you. Most of those changes you can make are completely free and all the things that you can buy and spend money on are really not going to help you that much until you fix the free, simple things you can do first. Yeah, absolutely true. And something else that you mentioned that I wanted to touch on is you said um, that even if we did everything perfectly, we still can't be optimally healthy just because of all of these things that are kind of working against us from uh, as a result of modern technology um, and that there are some technologies that can help us battle those things but you know there's emfs there's uh just like you said the soil is poisoned essentially there's all these toxins out in the air so i i've i've uh i've gone to both sides of the equation where i've been like obsessive about trying to battle all of these things and just being constantly worried which to me made me feel worse in a way because i was always like stressed out and worried that i wasn't doing enough to mitigate these things and then on the other side it's like you kind of at some point have to let go of what you can't control and relax a little bit and enjoy your life. <laughs> I think that's pretty true of nearly everyone that gets into some of these things, whether it's alternative health or biohacking is yeah. you start getting really stressed out about all these things that are around you that you've, that you've now learned a, they affect you negatively and B here's a strategy to fix it. And so you, you get bombarded with these things and then you constantly think about, oh my gosh, now like I'm at a restaurant and I can't drink the water because it comes from the tap and it's got fluoride and chlorine in it. And I can't, you know, have this fish because it was cooked in margarine. And then, and there's all these things and the blue light from overhead is affecting your melatonin. And so it just, you start to get very stressed out everywhere you go. And I think yeah. that's totally normal as you like take in all this information and try to figure out like, A, that this modern world was not designed with your health in mind. It was designed with making things bright so we can work well into the night to make people more money in factories originally mm -hmm. and to sell you lots of product and things that really help us do more finely detailed work that basically light up the night like day. And a lot of these things that we're seeing all around us are really designed with either saving energy and saving money or somehow making somebody money, but they are absolutely not designed for your health. And that's why as people start learning these things and kind of waking up to these issues, you can be super overwhelmed because the, it's just things aren't designed in this modern lifestyle for human health. And I, I believe like the more people that wake up, the more we're gonna get impetus to design for health in mind. But yes, it's super overwhelming and 
you can absolutely get more stressed out than you need to be. And stress is probably worse for you than maybe <laughs> you know, getting under the blue light at night without your blue blockers, for instance, if you're a biohacker. So that's a really important point is like the mindset and the internal emotional state that nearly everybody forgets to think about. Yeah. And for me, I'm realizing that that is the number one biohack is biohacking your mindset. Because if you have that strong foundation, then basically anything you want to do from there is possible. And I think that's the whole point of biohacking is that you can make the impossible possible, that you can make your dreams come true, right? So I wonder, like, what is the balance between mind over matter? Like this, the matter is that these things are working against us and harming us in some way. But if we believe that we have control over our own health and wellness and that we can still function optimally and we truly believe that we can do whatever we want to do and be healthy, like what, in your opinion, do you think that it's possible to kind of overcome these things just with a positive mindset? <laughs> oh my gosh, I have this conversation all the time. And I, <laughs> I, this is a really good point that I think not many people think about, except the alternative folks tend to think that everything is mindset and that's all you need. So yeah, there's this dichotomy of someone that thinks it's like everything is science and you have to mitigate all these things with physical interventions and other people will say it's a hundred percent mindset. So it doesn't matter, but I will say like, it has to be both. Like if you sit here and x-ray somebody a thousand times or pour benzene onto their skin, there's going to be DNA breaks that are eventually going to cause cancer. Whether they, so like assume it's like a new baby who has literally no concept of you know, these things being harmful, like they're still right. going to harm that individual. And so I think, can your mindset overcome it? I'm going to say, yes, it can. But I honestly don't think that that's possible for most people in today's modern world. Like is, if I think yeah. about, so I'm a, a Qigong practitioner. Mm -hmm. So this is like an ancient art of Chinese uh, medicine and Chinese energy movement. And those practitioners in the past would have gone to a cave in the mountains. There's no electricity. There's no Wi-Fi that's hitting them. That's like completely natural. They're in tune with their surroundings and they would have stayed there for a year all by themselves to focus on their art and to do these things where they're a hundred percent in their mind, believing that they can do certain things and that certain things will change in their body. They're all in on that. In today's modern world, without that intervention of like the cave and getting away from like all man-made things, it is really, really challenging for anyone to say that they can create that mindset that's gonna give them 100% protection from these things. And plus, I think you're gonna to have to actively mitigate like the, the microwave radiation that's hitting your body will cause damage. So then how do you actively do your meditation to, to change that to be beneficial to you? along with the glyphosate that's that's falling from the rain and that's in your soil and in all your vegetables, whether they're organic or not. So I think like, yes, I totally believe it's possible. But in today's society, I think nearly nobody is going to be able to get to that point. So I think it's a combination of like, you do have to have the mindset where you have, you know, an abundant mindset, and one that 
tells your body and your cells that they're healthy because we know like water has a memory and all of our cells and our body respond to what it is that we tell it. So we have to definitely be doing that work, but we cannot rely on it as the only thing. Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm right in the middle as well, though I do believe with an unhealthy mindset, it's impossible to be physically healthy or truly achieve your goals and your dreams. Um, but I do think that you definitely need a balance between a healthy environment, a healthy environment inside your body, including your mindset, and then having some education and skill set so that you can um, you know, make informed decisions. So I think it's definitely a balance, but I, I find this very interesting and I love to talk to educated folks like you um, and find out what their opinion is about this. For the listeners who are wondering like what what is all this talk about EMFs? What is the danger? What's happening? Can you explain a little bit more about what EMFs are, why they're so harmful and dangerous, and then maybe how most of us, um, even if we don't have a lot of money for special technology, can work to mitigate EMFs? Yes, and I think this is probably, I'm going to say this is the biggest health concern of our modern present age. So we've got lead, asbestos, tobacco, and by the way, uh, wireless radiation from your cell phone is grouped in the same category, type 2B carcinogen by the World Health Organization as lead and asbestos. So um, what we're talking about is electromagnetic fields, EMF. So as, as soon as humans were designed or evolved, we, our bodies, our cells, our brains were designed to make use of invisible wireless radiation coming from the sun, from the moon, from the earth's magnetic field, and uh, from other people and animals all around us. So our body is tuned to these signals. So we make use of invisible information all the time, ultraviolet radiation from the sun, uh, tans us, causes melanin to come to the skin, uh, can burn us, causes nitric oxide to be released in our vessels. We get information from the Earth's magnetic field. We gain electrons from the Earth if we're standing barefoot and grounded. We have infrared radiation, again, invisible light from the sun or invisible radiation that can heal our body and cause us to create more energy without increasing the food that we eat. So there's all these things that we've been tuned to and they're all electromagnetic fields. And what's happened is man has designed new wireless electromagnetic fields, new wireless EMF all around us. So if you think about your home, your home is wired. It's got electricity running through the walls. That creates electric and magnetic fields. Those definitively proven since the early 1800s to affect our biology. Um, doesn't mean that it's all damaging, but it does affect it. And in some cases it does affect it negatively. So from there, we're living in already these artificial constructs of homes with this electromagnetic field our body's not designed to use running through it and then we add you know uh, radio waves through through the air and then we add television signals through the air those are transmitted wirelessly and then we add microwave radiation so smaller wavelengths of radiation than these super long radio waves and the microwave radiation we think like first we had in the 1970s cell phones they were approved nobody could use them till the 1980s when we created enough infrastructure cell towers now we have 300,000 cell towers around the US and then everyone takes a microwave emitting device 
and they put it right in their pocket. That's called a cell phone. And then we take another microwave emitting device and we put it in our bedroom and under our chair at work and it's the Wi-Fi router. And then we put it right in our ears all day long and that's the Bluetooth on your air tube, I'm sorry, on your AirPod headphones that are you know, wireless. And so actually, if you look at the wireless frequency that your Bluetooth headphones use, it is literally exactly the same as what's coming out of your microwave oven. The only difference is the power behind it. Yet your microwave oven is on for a few seconds. Those headphones are in most people's ears all day long, emitting low levels of microwaves for the entire day. So we're getting exposed to a ton of microwave radiation from all the cell phones and all the Bluetooth and all the Wi-Fi, and then we're getting exposed to magnetic fields and electric fields from the wiring and from other things. And then with 5G coming, we need to build 1 million. We've got 300,000 current cell towers. We need to build a million more, and we need to have a cell phone tower and antenna, essentially, every five homes. So you're basically like cranking up the power of what we already have and putting it everywhere. And we have then 5,000 5,000 studies, peer-reviewed scientific studies in the literature showing that wireless signals do affect human biology. So you can review those. There's a good website called bioinitiative.org. It actually lists every one of those studies. Or you can just Google NTP cell phone study. Our own US government did a study on cell phones from 2 and 3G technology, and they definitively found the highest level of evidence possible. Our own US government found that cell phones caused cancer. Okay, so that is all out there. So then it's like, okay, that sounds scary and 5G is gonna make it worse. So what, what can we even do? And what you can do is like the very easiest thing you can do are two things, like keep your cell phone in airplane mode when it's in your pocket. Like your cell phone, if you, no one does this. So I have a free EMF course that's out on uh, the internet. If you wanna find it, just go to my website. You'll find the free EMF course in our latest blog post. But I'll sh I show you how to do this. You go to your cell phone, go to your settings, read your safety and regulatory manual. It says right in that manual that if your phone is turned on, you cannot touch it to your body and it cannot be within a half inch of your body. And most people, if they're scrolling through Facebook or Instagram or they're taking a phone call to their head or they're putting their phone in their pocket, that's too close. Even for the faulty safety standards that we use to measure cell phone safety. That's too close. So what do you do? It's like, gonna put your cell phone in your pocket, put it in airplane mode. When you need to make a phone call, take it out of your pocket and take it off airplane mode. If you wanna like download all your texts and your data, take it out of airplane mode, put it back in, put it back in your pocket. So super easy, turn it off uh, when you go to sleep, turn it in airplane mode and go, when you go to sleep, your alarm clock will still work on your phone. Uh, if you need a really important call, put your phone in the bathroom, leave the door open or something so you can hear it, but it's further away from you. And finally, your Wi-Fi router, if you're going to have Wi-Fi in your home, just turn your Wi-Fi router off at night when no one's using it. I totally understand that's hard for some people with teenagers that are up all night, but if you go to bed at nine, turn off your Wi-Fi router at nine and turn it back on when you wake up and everything will be just fine. And I, I use a remote control for my Wi-Fi router or a timer. So I started out with a remote. I literally go to bed and turn the remote off on my nightstand and I turn the remote on, to, which turns the Wi-Fi router on as soon as I wake up right from my nightstand in my bedroom. Now I've got it on a timer because I go to bed and wake up at nearly the same time every day. But those are like super simple ways that everyone has access to. And again, you don't have to spend any money to do those things. Yeah, those are two things that I practice, but you did mention one thing, which is the headphones. And I recently just got a pair of the AirTube headphones from your site. So thank you for that, because I'm super excited to not put radiation in my ears anymore. 
can you talk about other things like the the um, headphones and maybe like the PEMF mats and if you know about the efficacy of, of those things for um, mitigating EMFs? Yeah, so absolutely. Like the there's many things you can do to mitigate uh, EMF and that's all around us. And I, I really recommend people look into it for your, for themselves. Like don't take my word for it. I've studied it a lot and I've studied with some of the experts in our country, um, but you should study it yourself. And I think what you're going to find is what the wireless companies are telling you and what the FCC says is not the whole story. And when you understand that these things can be dangerous and they're everywhere, you want to mitigate as much as you can. And so there's technologies that can help you do this because we can't, this is one of those things like you can't really get away from it in our world. It's very challenging. And, and soon it's going to, at least what they're saying is by 2020, we'll have 20,000 satellites in space projecting 5G from up above, and it'll be covering every square inch of the earth. So at that point, you cannot get away, um, but there are ways to mitigate as much of it as possible. So like if you're going to use your cell phone and you can't put it to your head to take a phone call because that creates a, a very rare form of glioblastoma, brain cancer, and the US cell phone study sh clearly shows that brain cancer is found from cell phone use. And so if you can't put your phone to your head or you, you, know, you don't want to because of the brain cancer issue. And again, remember like, oh, I'm, people say, oh, I'm fine. I'm not feeling bad from using my cell phone. Well, guess what? It takes 10 years of cell phone use from like 10 to 30 minutes a day. That's, the, that's it. 10 to 30 minutes a day is what they have shown is correlated with brain cancer from your cell phone, but it takes 10 to 20 years to show up. So just remember like, do yourself a favor and do your kids a favor and your mom and whoever use some protection when you use your cell phone so you're not putting it to your head. So you can use speakerphone, set it on the table and use speakerphone. But most people don't like to interrupt public spaces talking on loudly on a cell phone call where everyone can hear you and the other person. Uh, so you use a headset. Most wired headsets can act as antennas that direct the microwave radiation from outside and inside the phone into your ear and into your brain. So um, what you want to do is use an air tube headset. And we do sell those on our store, but you can also buy them other places. So look around for high quality air tubes, because I'll tell you, there's some not great quality out there. Um, but what the air tube does is it separates Instead of a wire going all the way, a metal wire which conducts uh, radiation from the phone to your head, it's broken up by a, a clear, empty plastic tube. And the sound is projected through that plastic tube to your head so that the microwave radiation and the electric field and all that can't penetrate through the plastic tube. It can't continue to use that as an antenna. So those air tube headphones or air tube earbuds are very effective when you have to use your cell phone and be on cell phone calls. Uh, some people have to be on all day if they're in sales or they run teams remote, remotely and really effective uh, way to do that. So then there are other mitigation strategies. I would say like Faraday cages. These are things that block radiation from getting in or out of of an area. So water is nature's Faraday cage. So getting in a bathtub or getting in a natural body of water and immersing your body is gonna protect you and allow your body to detox and then recover from all the EMF you may have been exposed to during the day, especially if you work in a corporate office. Uh, you had mentioned PMF, so pulsed electromagnetic fields. So again, we talked about EMF, electromagnetic fields. Then there's PEMF, pulsed electromagnetic fields. Typically, pulsed electromagnetic fields are very bad. So when you pulse like microwave radiation, the sun, the earth, it doesn't pulse. It's very steady. Um, but when we talk about PEMF, specifically, we mean therapeutic devices. Some of them are medical grade devices that are intended to emit a 
natural frequency or a healing frequency of energy. So again, EMF, our body is tuned to EMF. So there's healing EMF and then there's damaging EMF. And what we have to be careful of is the damaging EMF and what we want to use more of is the healing EMF. So the pulse electromagnetic therapy, beds, mats, devices, they all work on different energies, different frequencies and different pulse rates. And some of them use magnets and some of them use other technologies to create those pulsed fields. So what I do know is that you have to be careful to research the type of PEMF device you're using. And I'm not going to say that they're safe or not safe. I would say like some of them can be damaging if they're using the wrong field and strength, and some of them can be very healing. So I have not done enough research to tell you either way, like which devices are good. I will say like, that's the number one request that I get is to research and write a definitive article on all the PMF devices out there, how they work and which ones I think are better because it's kind of like the wild west. There's a ton of PMF and I'll tell you like some of them are for sure going to be beneficial and some might not be, but I don't know enough at this point to tell you like this one's good. This one's not good. Mm. Well, I joined the group in um, requesting that from you. If you wrote that, I would definitely find <laughs> value in that article. So please let me do if you do, or please let me know if you do write that article. Because I that think that's going to have to be the next one. <laughs> I do. So a lot of research, Kayla, is going to have to go into that one. And uh, yeah. so it's it's going to take a little while. But I I agree. Like I I do think it's really needed in this uh, field because. So many people have heard about the benefits of the technology and there's so much out there and there's so many different versions of it from like tiny ones you can carry in your pocket to mm -hmm. entire beds to, you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 really industrial strength devices. And it's like, okay, if, if I've got unlimited funds, what do I get? And is there anything that's not safe? And if I have minimal funds and something is super beneficial, you know, how do I get into this, this game right here? So I agree. Like it's a, I, if, if I don't do it, I hope somebody that's listening does do a definitive, well-researched post on PEMF. Yeah, I think all of us would find value in that. And for me personally, I would love to know if like those, um, the PM, PEMF devices that you can use on your person to take like on a flight, if those are effective, because that would be really interesting to know. And then also the ones that you um, sleep on, which I know are the much more expensive ones, but I personally have not invested in this technology yet because of exactly what you're saying. Um, one, it can be very expensive. And two, I don't, I, I truly do not know if there's efficacy or not. Yeah. So I'll say like, I've, been into biohacking for 12 years. I have a lot of devices, some of them very expensive. I pared down many things to the things I felt were essential and effective. And I do not have a PMF device currently. So mm -hmm. I have had a couple in the past. Uh, one of them was a little pocket ones, but you know, for short-term use, I will say I have seen research benefits that they will increase the speed of bone healing. So my son I have a younger son. He broke his arm. It was a very bad compound fracture. And I did use red light and PMF on that break and it healed very quickly. And his arm is perfect today. And he was, it was a really, really bad break and he was very young. So I do think for short-term use, the right PMF, um, I've definitely seen research and personal experience that it's effective. 
long-term use and very high intense PMF, I'm very skeptical, um, but I don't know enough yet to say anything definitive. Okay, that's, that's really interesting and helpful. I think it comes back down to the concept that you actually mentioned at the beginning of our discussion, which is you should be your own researcher. You should be curious about your own biology and kind of test things out and see what works for you. Obviously, when it comes to making a big investment, it's more helpful to do your research first. Uh, but if you can try things out on yourself and then you know definitively, yep, this worked for me or no, it did not. That's really important. And especially in biohacking, like a lot of the concept that we use in biohacking is doing A, your own research and B, trying things out for yourself because mm -hmm. someone else's experience may not be the same as your experience. So please do as much research as you can. And then when you're comfortable enough, you try something and see how it goes. And some things may work really, really well for you. And some things may not, and they might work well for someone else, but not for you. So the important thing though is first do your own research. Don't just listen to one person saying that something is great and it's going to change your life and solve every problem because what will happen is what happens to most of us is you'll start jumping at every little thing and supplement and device and technology and you're going to spend all this money and then you're just going to say, well, what, what's the next one? Because obviously the one you got didn't work the way it should have. So do your research, go slow, try it out for quite a while on yourself to make sure it's really helping you and it's effective before you invest money in other things. And if you can borrow, rent, you know, do all those things first to try before you buy if possible. Yep, I totally agree. And this also comes back to another concept you mentioned earlier, which is people are always looking for that magic pill, the magic bullet. And I believe that it does not exist. It's always going to take some sort of effort, some sort of hard work, some sort of de dedication, um, self-control to achieve what you want to achieve or to live optimally. And so if you just want something that's going to do it for you, you're probably not going to find it and you're going to spend a lot of money in the process. I might disagree with that saying that there might be a magic pill and it still takes hard work and dedication and time <laughs> and patience. And it, in, in my opinion, that is, you know, natural sunlight and oh, yeah. there's so much, and I, I could talk for four hours and you can probably find videos <laughs> of me on YouTube talking for hours about sunlight and its benefits. But I think we neglect the elephant in the room that, you can, you're designed to make use of these frequencies of sunlight and they can do way more things than you even think are possible to create and build optimal health. And it does require a lot of hard work and dedication, even though it's completely free and just like literally a walk outside your door. Um, but to actually get outside and make use of the sun in the right way, most people's lives are not designed to make use of it in the proper way. And if you if you don't use it properly, it can be dangerous. And so mm -hmm. I think it's one of those things where I do think that's somewhat of a magic pill because A, it's completely underutilized by nearly everybody in the modern society. And it's completely free and designed to work with our body to help us heal ourselves. Our body is very intelligent, but we tend to hide from the sun, bathe in alien light and eat toxic foods. And that's not the way to help your body uh, 
engage its innate healing ability. Yeah. And I think you and I are talking the same language here because what I'm getting at is that people who are after that magic pill, they're after the easy way, the the button, the instant gratification. And what you're saying is we have something that is basically the magic pill you're looking for, but it is going to take some amount of dedication, some amount of effort on your part. You're going to have to get out of your comfort zone. You're going to have to do things differently and make some changes to fully utilize it. But if you do, it's free and you may actually be able to heal yourself from anything that you're up against right now or prevent disease or um, even aging to some extent uh, but with this thing that is the sun, which is completely magical. And I totally agree with you. Yeah, we call it uh, nature's vaccine for cancer. It, it basically turns yeah. on the processes and information systems in your body that clean up the cancerous cells. But when you miss the sun, you miss out on those, those processes. So yes, uh, I agree that most people are, do not want to change anything in their lifestyle. They want to do what they're doing today and have a magic pill that solves all their problems. And I will agree with you that you have to dedicate some time and effort to figuring out how to engineer your lifestyle to be healthy, because if you don't do it today, you're going to do it in 10 years when you get sick. Yeah. And, and then by then it might be too late um, to use these same things that are at our fingertips right now and have the same benefit or be able to reverse back to optimal health. So I have a couple of questions that I like to ask all of my guests. As you know, morning routines are very popular in the biohacking sphere. And so I'm curious if you have a morning routine and if so, what does that include? And I think I could probably guess that sunlight is one of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How could I talk about engineering your life and, and taking time and dedication to get in the sun if I don't use the sun myself? So yeah. if there's one thing that I do, it is that I have engineered my life to actually do the things that I talk about. So um, I do have a pretty optimal for me morning routine that took me many years to design and many years to put into place. I did take a couple demotions and, and other things to engineer this work from home assignment so I can specifically use my time to, to, to get outside and in the sun more often. So my morning routine rarely varies no matter where I am. And it consists of doesn't matter the time of year, whether it's winter or summer. And again, I live in a northern latitude where it will be 20 degrees below zero in the winter. So I go outside wearing my tan through shorts because I live in a neighborhood and I can't go outside naked. If I could, I would be naked. But I am outside at dawn. That is sunrise within 30 minutes of sunrise. Very important. So I get outside only in my shorts. So my shorts are tan through shorts. So I get sunlight where it usually doesn't shine. Most people are finding issues with prostate and testicle cancer and other things. So get the sunlight where you need it. Breast cancer, same thing. They make tan through bikinis and swimwear for women. So I wear my tan through swimsuit outside at dawn and I am barefoot on the ground. If it's winter, I am wearing shoes with a grounding strap so I can still ground myself to the earth. Then I'm going to do what I call my meditation. So I do not sit and meditate except very rarely. I would like to do more, but I have not made time for it. So my meditation is a moving meditation and I practice Chinese Qigong. 
So I'm outside doing a Qigong practice for 15 minutes, followed by a concept called low pressure fitness, where I'm elongating my spine and building more length into my body. And then I, I follow that up either with a really short movement session, or I just continue to stand out in the sun for another five minutes. Then I get inside. I do not have my coffee, my tea, any kind of breakfast until I've seen the sun. But my belief is that our circadian biology is built on the solar cycle. So circadian biology won the Nobel Prize in medicine in 2017 for its important to our, importance to our health. Your circadian biology is set by the sun and it's set by when you eat. So I eat a very high fat and protein meal immediately when I come back inside as close as possible to getting that solar exposure. I think that's really important for many people, especially people that are trying to reset hormones like leptin and insulin. And those things can be reset with the solar cycles and timed eating of the right types of food. So that's my belief. So I tend to get a really big meal. After I get that big meal, I sit down at my desk and I get to work for the day. If it's summer, I'll be working at an outdoor workstation, whether I'm at corporate headquarters or at home, I work outside. And if it's winter, then I'll be working indoors with five windows surrounding me. And I will open the window for a large portion of the day, even in the winter, so that I get natural sunlight. So that's my morning routine. I love it. And you mentioned that it's very important to get outside within 30 minutes of sunrise. Can you explain why that is? Yes. And so this is a, this is a concept people aren't as familiar with is sunrise is very important and very different than any other time of the day. Morning sunlight has no ultraviolet light in it. So the sun always has ultraviolet, but it cannot reach the earth unless the sun is at a certain angle to, in the sky. That angle changes all year. And so in the summer, within 30 minutes of sunrise, UV is gonna become present. You're gonna get UV in the, in the atmosphere, it's gonna hit your skin, and it's gonna cause a release of nitric oxide which is gonna slow electron chain tr transport and do a bunch of other beneficial things. But it's also gonna turn off this cascade of hormones that your body produces in the morning. You, wanna, you want those turned off, but not before they get turned on optimally. So when you're outside in morning sunlight with no UV, you get beneficial wavelengths of sun that turn on and build hormones in your body that don't happen, these processes don't happen when the UV is present. So you wanna get out pre-UV, and in the winter, you've got a longer window. So the, the UV, especially in a northern latitude, the UV comes into the atmosphere at a different time every year, and depending on latitude. It's kind of challenging to figure this out for UVA. Uh, UVB is what causes vitamin D to be made in the body, so that's also beneficial, but we need morning sun before all those things happen to, to increase testosterone and estrogen and progesterone and all these things. And then when the ultraviolet hits, there's benefits to ultraviolet, but it turns off these hormones that you can only get at sunrise. So sunrise is very important for all this healing information that we get from the sun and hormonal release. That's fascinating. And I actually did not know that about the morning sun, that there is no UV rays in that first 30 minutes. So I'm going to try to get more of that type of sunlight because that's very interesting. And I, I know that it's much harder for people in the summer when the sun rises at 5.15. So <laughs> trust me, I get it. It's, it's a challenge. But in the winter, it's super easy because like even if you're at work and the sun rises at 8, you can go outside for a little smoke break and just get sun. So yeah. it, uh, 
it gets easier, but the summer, if you're not a really early morning person can be a challenge. Yeah. But also don't smoke if you take a smoke break, please. <laughs> Thank you. Please no. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I have one last question and I'm pretty sure you already gave your answer, but just in case there's something else, um, what would be the one piece of advice or piece of information that you would provide to the listeners of this podcast that they could put into place in their life right now that would have the greatest benefit on their overall health and well-being? So I'm going to get a little more specific about what exactly to do. And this is based on, you know, I've got a friend who's been into biohacking a really long time, very popular biohacker, tried everything he knew in his toolkit to lose 25 pounds of weight and couldn't do it took this one piece of advice and lost all 25 pounds in like three weeks. So, um, and it's not just weight loss, but all health, this builds all health. And again, it's morning sun. But what I'm going to say is get outside when the sun rises within a half hour without glasses or sunglasses and with as few clothes on as possible. So do your best to do that every single day of your life. Your body is designed to see those sunrises. And if you miss them, that is going to be to your health detriment. So it is free. It is easy. Don't put anything in between you and the sun. I don't care if you've got, you know, skin cancer or anything else because there's no UV at that morning sun. So even if you're worried about the UV, if you get the morning sun, there's no UV. So that's like the ultimate time for every person to get outside. Amazing. I love that piece of advice. And like we had discussed, yes, it takes some effort, but if you are looking for that magic pill, that magic thing that might get you to where you're trying to go mentally, physically, energetically, this might be it. So I would say try it. I'm going to. So if the listeners are interested in connecting with you or learning more about primal living or if they want to get some cool air tube headphones, or if they want to go on one of your amazing um, biohacking retreats that you have going on, where's the best place for them to find you and connect? Yeah, check out our Instagram page, which is where I'm most active with all the free advice, announcements of our retreats. We do stuff from cold adaptation to EMF to everything in between, at Primal Hacker on Instagram, at Primal Hacker on Facebook. And if you go to primalhacker.com, you'll find our blog and our store. So check us out there with all the events and happenings. And we would love to connect with you. Send us an email. So my email is thaddeus at primalhacker.com. Let us know what you want to hear more about. Thank you so much for listening today. You are the driving force behind this podcast. So if you liked this episode, please let me know by leaving a review. And I would also love it if you could share, text, email, or even screenshot the podcast episode and share it on your social media and be sure to tag me, biocurious underscore Kayla, so that I can repost your post. This really helps me to grow the podcast and continue bringing useful, actionable health information from amazing experts from around the world straight to your ear.